0: Hello recruiters, I hope you're keeping well, I hope you're safe, I hope you're powering through. Just very quick intro on this episode, it's a slightly different one, it's the audio version of a webinar I was a panel on this week and I just wanted to share it with you, you all know how passionate I am on building your brand as a recruiter and and why that's important. But I was joined by some great panellists in Amelia Sordell, Andrew McCaskill and Victoria Rush. And it was just a really good conversation. We had uh, got some really good feedback and I just wanted to share it with you all because I think you can all get some some great value from it. And it's not just me speaking for a change. It's... Uh, uh, some other great people as well and this was um part of simon lewis's members only network that it was a webinar of and we also managed to, to raise 800 pounds from this webinar um for for charity as well which is really cool but nonetheless i hope you enjoy the episode and really really good conversation on personal branding i hope you enjoy it
1: um yeah, the ball rolling and those stragglers unlucky have being more punctual, <laughs> like us guys. Um, so, let, let, let's kick this off. So, welcome everybody. Um, welcome to the uh, Why Stories Sell and How to Build Authority with Your Brand mm-hmm. webinar. I'm delighted and thrilled even to be joined by an absolute stellar cast. Um, we have Amelia Sordell. Hisham uh, Azuz, Andrew McCaskill and Victoria Rush and anybody that's followed these guys online will know how preeminent they are and they really are protagonists in the world of brand um, and personal branding. So to so on get these guys on one panel is amazing and hopefully by the end of this session um, you'll feel exactly the same as I do. And <clears throat> we're going to tackle four key questions today um, just to keep a bit of structure um uh, along the way we're very much encouraging you guys as participants to send any questions through don't wait till the end get those through as soon as we possibly can and i will direct those to the relevant person or, or put it over to everybody to answer before we begin let's go through some um let's go through some uh sort of introductions so for those that don't know me i'm simon lewis i founded members only uh, which is a recruitment network uh, or a recruitment leader network we're very much around the mindset, um, psychological advantages, and um, a winning business through um, that, that mindset change, but not just for the business itself, for the individuals also. And I think it's a real key missing component in a lot of the work that's out there at the moment is how you look after yourself and develop yourself. Hence why this particular session is so important um, and really close to my heart. Um, we do a lot of stuff for recruitment agency leaders which is based around daily implementations but rarely is there much going on for marketers um, we, we would have at this point been in the a club running this event um had we been able to get out so instead we brought this on, online and uh, before we have been the hippodrome casino we've been to the tropicana beach club we've been to the magic circle so everything's trying to be a little bit different um so that's, that, that's me, that's members only, and um, let's bring you into the, to the fold of the panel, and um, we'll start with Amelia, if you could introduce yourself to so those that don't know you, um, and we'll move around.
2: I'm Amelia Sordell. I am, I guess by trade, a recruitment marketer. Um, I started out my career as a SaaS tech sales recruiter um, and very quickly discovered that the easiest way to make money in recruitment was to market yourself um, to your clients, to, to your candidates. And that sort of led me down the garden path to, to marketing, um, where I met Andrew McCaskill. Um, Andy and I worked together at Finlay James, um, who some of you might know, and we've both moved on from Finlay James, but we're still, you know, not necessarily together, but we, we still bounce ideas off each other the <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, very weird introduction. Um, but yeah, I'm a recruiting marketer. I do employee engagement for 11 investments. We have um, eight brands within the group. Um, I work very closely with founders and directors to um, build out marketing strategies that are not your typical traditional, here's a brochure, here's how we do it. I build strategies around people. And that's ultimately the longest intro I could ever give you. <laughs>
0: If someone uh, else to go, Amelia. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Hisham. <laughs> um, yeah. So my name's Hisham Zuz, um, founder of uh, my own business, Azuz Branding, and also the host of a podcast called The Recruitment Roller Coaster. And in short, sort of my business is completely dedicated to helping passionate recruiters build their personal brand, so can reach more people, they can help impact more lives, and in turn make more money. That that's what I'm up to and been doing over the last year. Very
1: succinct. Did you hear that, Amelia?
2: Um, I like to talk, Andrew. leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Andrew.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Good afternoon everyone, thanks for joining us. Um, so Andrew McCaskill, uh, 15 years in the recruitment executive search ecosystem in a number of different uh, capacities, uh, but currently the founder of a business called Career Jump, which is on a mission to eliminate job search misery in the executive population. Um, and spend uh, a lot of time helping and advising recruitment companies on sales and marketing strategies. So, advisor to a recruitment RPO startup called CoLabs at the moment, which I'm very passionate about too.
1: Wonderful. Thank you very much. And um, last but certainly not least, Victoria. Uh,
4: yeah, Victoria Rush. I'm the host of the Recruitment Marketing Podcast and also a recruitment marketer by trade. I'll do the short version of this. I grew up in the recruitment industry with parents as recruiters, so kind of learned the hard way how the industry works, Um, refused to ever be a recruiter, um, which is technically a lie because I did do it for a year and then realized why I didn't want to do it. Um, And sort of stuck with marketing since then. Uh, I've done employer branding at AMS uh, as well, uh, Alexander Mann. And uh, now I am director of operations for Red Knight Studios Company, which is a streaming platform for entrepreneur content help The businesses, business owners, anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur, learn how to build businesses from those who've done it before. Uh, So that's that's sort of me.
1: Nice. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay, everybody, that's our panel. Um, So let's start with um, Amelia. At the moment, um, where businesses and and people are trying to find in a recruitment a USP, potentially a USP that might not even exist, and there is um, a natural draw towards a personal brand isn't it um, and where there, there are many challenges for recruitment at the moment and facing the market and um, how can personal branding help
2: Well, I think first off, if we just state the obvious, we, we work in an industry whereby we literally sell people for a living, right? But we're inherently bad at selling ourselves. Like that's a fact. As an industry, we are not good at putting ourselves at the forefront, whether that's a recruiter, a director, a marketing manager, a founder or whatever. So you know, how can personally brand how can personal branding help? Well ultimately it will set you apart. That's the first thing. Is if no one else is doing it and you're doing it, automatically people will be drawn to you. So I think in a pre COVID world, the whole you know, step outside of a noisy marketplace and, and step outside of what everyone else is doing is probably the the thing that I would say is the, the biggest pull to want to build your personal brand, aside from building the authority in your space and credibility and all the rest of the good stuff that comes with that. But I think in a COVID, you know, where we are currently, um, you know, building out your personal brand—you're never going to have a better time to do it. But the reason it—it's it, a good idea—is because everyone else seems to think it is a good idea, but no one's doing it that well. Um, I know we discussed that a little bit mm-hmm. before we came on this call, but there aren't many people doing it well, whether it be in recruitment or on LinkedIn at all. So if you're one of those people who's putting themselves out there, saying, "Hey, like these are the challenges my clients are having; these are the challenges challenges my candidates," <clears throat> you will eventually build some traction, whereby people will know you as ex-recruiter in your space and will just come to you organically um i know that to be fact because i started out on this journey as encouraged by by uh good old andy mack um to to go on this personal branding journey myself and as a result have had many 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 opportunities um, which have resulted in helping me build a new business um so you know it's it happens it i'm proof of that fact that building out your personal brand differentiates you from everyone else and will get you inbound leads and that's much more fun than spending you know three hours on power out every day.
0: If if, if I can just add to that the conversations I've been having recently in terms of how it can help people now is that a lot of people can't have the typical conversations right now hey Simon um, can, can we talk about recruitment well actually no I need to I need to get my office ready for social distancing I'm busy and building your brand, giving value sharing challenges blah 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 actually gives you an opportunity to have touch points, talk to your clients, candidates about talking about recruitment, which um, helps massively right now when people might not be recruiting and you can't have a typical conversation. So it can really help actually have, the, have more of those touch points that you might be finding difficult right now because you've already checked in with them three times. Hi, Andrew. How are you finding it? What's going on? You've already done that three or four times now. So what else are you going to talk to them about? It might be the webinar that you're hosting, it might be the roundtable that you're hosting, it might be telling them about your onboarding um, ebook that you put together. It, it enables you to speak to your market without talking about recruitment, which is really useful right now when all of your competitors are only equipped with, are you hiring? No? Okay, on to the next one. Or just the same sort of conversations, which are more difficult right now is what I'd add to that. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I think there's there's a piece about people buy from people. We know that, and that's why the salespeople are always driven to be personable and and to be very good at most of the time schmoozing. Right? You go out and you spend time with yeah. people. I can't think of a better word. I hate that word, but it's the first one I had, so so I'm sorry. Um, but people buy from people, and the world has moved online. That fact doesn't doesn't go away. It just means you have to translate some of that personal aspect of yourself online. Um, To be able to bring more people to your business, it's, and as he says, like jobs, as a recruiter, it's your job to have jobs. I've said this probably a million times and everybody knows that's what you do, but that can't be the only thing you talk about. It's boring. It's monotonous. It's not interesting. When you go and talk to a candidate, you go and have a coffee with them. You go and have a meeting with them. You don't spend an hour talking about that job you will talk about their lives, you'll talk about their family, you'll, you'll, you'll talk about what's going on in the world. That same thing needs to happen online. Maybe a quarter of what you say in your conversation in person is about a job, then a quarter of it online should be about jobs. The rest should be about the wider picture of you become personal, become relatable, and break down those barriers. Um, the internet is to bring us closer, not to make us further apart. <laughs>
3: So the um, USP bit, sorry, just to nail in on this USP question. Um, the big USP around delivery is I know that more people will, um, if I headhunt them in the middle of the day, will speak to me because they feel like they already know me from online. Yeah, I know that. And if you're going head-to-head for business right now and you can say, well, who are we up against? We're up against this guy. Well, this guy's got 600 followers. I've got 6,000 in the space who do you think is going to be able to mobilise quicker, get you better people and get hold of the passive market? And it's from a delivery USP point of view, it's as simple as personal brand allows you to headhunt more effectively than those that don't have one.
1: Yeah. So, so why then, guys, when you've got, you know, the DNA of the recruiter Really, um, of a lot, certainly traditionally anyway. Uh, you know, we're out there with gregarious characters. We'll say hello to anybody, put us in a room and, you know, don't worry about that, leave me alone, I'll get on and chat to anybody. Why is it then that people are finding it so challenging uh, to build their own brand? Where Where's the reticence? What, what is it that is causing that challenge?
0: <laughs> for, for, so the number one challenge I get from recruiters – and I've worked with probably over 200 now, is they don't know what to create content about. So a lot of recruiters will know and understand, might see Amelia's content, Andrew's smiley face on their LinkedIn newsfeed, and they'll know that building their brand is important. And they'll, they'll understand what we're talking about, but they're like, what the hell do I talk about? That That's the number one challenge. And then, and then it's, it's followed then up with, if I create content, how do I do it without coming across unprofessional? I don't want to piss people off. I'm worried about other people's opinions. Um, they don't know what to talk about, and then internally as well, the leaders in their business didn't build their recruitment career by building their brand. So again, they they can't learn. Typically, they can't learn from people around them because yeah, they they've learned all the traditional methods, um, and yeah, there's no one typically sometimes leading the way internally that can help them learn about these things. But it's, they don't know what to talk about. That, that's the number one challenge I hear personally.
2: And yeah, just to come off the back of that, it's the same. I work obviously internally with all the the recruitment companies that I work with and all the teams within them. And the number, the two top things are what if my friends or my colleagues see it or, you know, what if, um, you know, what if no one sees it? What if no one likes it? What if I only get five likes? And the second thing is what the hell do I talk about? Mm -hmm. And as you said, like everyone is so confident to go, yeah, I can nail this role. Yeah, I can find you this unicorn. But when you're faced with a camera and, you know, literally recording a selfie video of yourself and posting it, it's like, oh my God. But, you know, we were all rookie recruiters one time. Like everyone had to make that first sales call and you had that same fear when you made that first sales call. But look at you now, like you're billing 300K, like you can speak to anyone, you'll win roles, you'll pitch retainers, you're confident in it. But that only comes from like, you know exercise and stretching that muscle you've got to build it up and that yeah. only happens by starting you've just
0: got to start I all, all i all i'd say is honestly you think you may don't you may think you will get buried online and you might <laughs> you you may get some negativity in your place i de- I definitely do sometimes but honestly 90 percent of what you'll get will be positive and and People will say, you know what, Andrew? Well done, you doing your first video, or you sharing this, blah blah blah. Trust me, you will get way more positivity than you would negativity. If if you if you are paralysed by other people's opinions, then you will you will get gain more positivity and positive feedback than you would negative. Definitely, hundred percent. And
1: what would you say to those people who um, I don't know? They might know themselves; they're not particularly um, articulate, or they might not be great at writing, or in front of a camera, just don't like themselves and you know I, I don't know whether or not that's majority of the minority but for those people should they just go look that is your brand you know that if that's what you are that's what you that, that's that's the thing that's your sort of your own USP or do you think there's an argument they should go and instruct somebody to do that thing for them which obviously sounds a little bit uh, of, a, of a rhetorical question we've got um you guys on the panel um but uh, how, how would you advise somebody um, because I think that's a, a big challenge and um, that there is that worry there is that concern and maybe it's those inner demons if you like just preventing somebody from doing it.
4: Um, yeah I mean look I'm dyslexic and writing content for me is a disaster 90% of the time I'll look back an hour later and find 10 mistakes I couldn't find before um There is you. You kind of have to accept that either if you're going to do this yourself, if you don't have support from a marketing team, that what your flaws are, your flaws. No one, no one is perfect, and and that's a that's a fact. Um, that if you can accept that you you do spell things incorrectly or that your grammar is not perfect, and actually the reality is, writing posts, no one's grammar is perfect. It's kind of it's kind of okay. It's become acceptable. We talk in a lot of tech speakers. It is anyway. So having a normality in in content writing is okay. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have a marketing function behind you which I know will come on to later, then you have that support for people to proofread to check what you're doing. Um, to start with, it might take you three hours to write a post, but by the time you get further down the line, the more you practice the more you get used to a flow, the way you structure sentences the way that that, that suits you best. It'll get a lot quicker. You'll, you'll get more comfortable with the way that you write, with the way that you sound, the way that you look on camera. Um, well, I remember doing my first videos. I knew I was going to do it. And about a week before, I spent three or four days just walking down the street every time I was doing something, talking to my phone. The looks I got, the, the, <laughs> the rubbish that I was talking about, it was just getting used to seeing my face to me. I wasn't worried about what other people thought. I was actually more worried about what I thought of myself. Uh, and your biggest hurdle is probably your own ego more than it is someone else's judgment for your mistake or the way your face moves when you say certain things. Uh, you're actually your biggest critic more than anyone else.
2: Yeah. I think just and- following from that, like, I think per- the term personal brand puts a lot of pressure on everyone. Like, oh, I've got to build a brand. But if you just peel that away, it's it's just you being you online. You're, it's nothing more than that. It's just that you're sharing <clears throat> part of you so yeah. that pressure i know we all feel it because we're all human like we've all had that as, as victoria said but that is it it's you
3: i think but my, i've seen that I've in now. the this sorry buddy yeah no, i've no, seen that it's hard when you're not uh, in the same room isn't it so we're going to cut across each other apologies <laughs> um so I, I actually saw that in the stats as well just to back up um the good points that you're making so when i started doing video uh, maybe three years ago, I was literally just red-faced, sweaty, big round head on the way to the train, like, and, and and just documenting the journey and saying what I was saying. And I was getting really good engagement. So I then got a chunk of money, got a film crew in, got it all really, really professionally done, sorted hair and makeup, the whole shebang. Like, I went absolutely for it. And the engagement on those posts was about a 20th
0: of sweaty, yeah.
3: red-faced Andrew on the way back from the train station because... Yeah. The moment something looks overproduced or people sniff any inauthenticity in or they feel like it's sales and marketing rather than the individual talking too much, um, the engagement goes down. So it, yeah. authenticity equals engagement. The imperfections equal engagement. is important.
0: I think my, just quickly, sorry, my two pence would be, um, Simon, if everyone listening, you need to have some self-awareness. So if, if you are more confident writing or more confident getting in front of the camera, then, then start there. Start with what you're most comfortable with. And it's only going to be one of those channels. It's going to be written. It's going to be video. Or it's going to be audio. It's going to be one of those. So have some self-awareness and start. Um, for me personally, if you were to go back through my content right now, I'm personally finding that written statuses, just written posts, get way more visibility um, and reach way more people. Um, do you want to have a mix of video and written posts? Definitely. But if you start a written post right now, that, that's absolutely fine. And trust me, once you actually start, which is the hardest thing, once you've written a couple of posts and you recognize that you're not going to get buried online and you've experienced some positive reinforcement, the thought of you then doing the video um, won't be as scary. So have a bit of self-awareness. Start with a medium that you're most comfortable with. And if that's written post, great. If that's video, great. But there's not, yeah, like that's, that's what I'd say. With what I say to people,
1: I, I yeah. think that's great advice, uh, Historian. Sorry, Victoria. Um, All right. What What you mentioned earlier, Andrew, I think actually answers one of the questions here about that authenticity um, piece around it. What What would the advice be for somebody who, or for anybody really, you know, looking to to integrate this with their personal accounts? Should they be doing this for authenticity with their personal accounts, or should they be separating it? Um, from, you know, your personal stuff that you might chat to your mates about and are having something business-wise. I and mean, you don't want a million different, you know, Twitter handles and different facades <laughs> on LinkedIn. Um, but how, how, would, how should that work? Fully the authenticity, which I uh, 100% is where it needs to be, what, what would you advise be on that?
3: Yeah, well, it's, it's professional authenticity, I think, uh, <laughs> which is I'm, – I'm not even sure that's a, a valid expression. But um, if you say
2: once, Andrew, you've got to roll it in glitter.
3: You got to roll it in glitter, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, think <laughs> that. I think that's right. But yeah, so you've you, it's professional authenticity. So we do. We can still be. We can still be authentic at work whilst having our professional hat on,
0: right? Yeah, definitely.
3: C- certainly, how I act watching Arsenal at the weekend is very different to how I would act uh, in a meeting talking about a marketing strategy, for obvious reasons. Um, and channel wise, I personally have kept it separate. So for me, LinkedIn is. My social selling channel for all business purposes um, and Facebook and Instagram, a little bit of Twitter, although it's an absolute circus on there. So I'm, I'm not heavily involved with that um, is for me more personal and where I get my news and, and all that kind of thing. So I've kept it separate, but I've seen plenty of people very successfully integrate the whole
0: thing. I think so that's Ben's question, Simon, right? Do you think I should have a separate work Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram account? My yeah. question to you, Ben, is answer this question. Where do you get – what, what source do you get your most placements from? Yeah. <clears throat> if LinkedIn is the answer to that, do not worry about any other platform right now. Start, start with LinkedIn. You don't need to overcomplicate it. Like, start with a platform, and I'd be pretty confident it's going to be LinkedIn. If LinkedIn contributes to your billings – and your revenue then start with LinkedIn and what you learn through that process you'll be able to apply it to other social platforms like 100% so do, I don't yeah that's what and i And that's say.
2: definitely right I've I've gone from building my you know brand on LinkedIn. yeah you've
0: been quite busy have, on Instagram and Twitter recently actually. I have now yeah. moved
2: over onto Instagram because I want to see if I can replicate what yeah I've done on LinkedIn with Instagram so like I've got no idea what I'm doing on Instagram I haven't had Instagram for a long time so it's all about trial and error for me but I'm the example of keeping it all as one Um, and Instagram's obviously more visual because it's it's images you can't just post statuses and videos all the time Mm. because it just wouldn't land so it's it's an it's It's
3: time as well it's it's Mm. it's time like to tailor all the messages for the different channels I've got got a marketing manager who helps me and she manages the online community and the Facebook group the LinkedIn group sorry we've got and everything and even with that support I'm still time short with one channel Like if you if you're gonna start to Mm. go multi channel consistently without just using one of those tools that propagates the same message across all the channels, which which wouldn't kind of shouldn't doesn't really fly. I don't know. Victoria, what's your take on those ones Um, that take the same message and spin it across all of them?
4: I think it's a problem recruitment has in general. So marketers tend to end up starting on LinkedIn because every recruitment agency wants to be there and then three months later a director goes, Well, why aren't why aren't we on Twitter? Just because maybe their kids got Twitter and oh they've seen Twitter on new the news that day. Stop doing things that aren't necessary and be good in one place. Yeah. If you can then like Amelia's doing go and replicate that elsewhere, that trial and error it, it is better to do over time rather than trying to spray and pray. Um, this isn't a male shot. Let's let's focus on where you can you can be successful and move on from that. I've done I focused on LinkedIn and then turned my personal Instagram account into a combination of who I am and what I do as well as my as my content as a podcast Um, but I did it over time I didn't try and do everything at once and now I use Twitter to create content for other channels I'm not on Twitter so I get engagement I'm on Twitter so I can create images or statuses like Amelia does really really quickly I can use Twitter to create a picture or to write a status and post it somewhere else. don't actually use it for engagement. Yeah, they do quite so, well. They, they do. Yeah. Just so on I'd that, say, like you
2: can stretch your content. Like that, it's all yeah. about that. You don't have to do an individual post every single day of the week. You can have one idea and turn that into multiple pieces of content. Repurpose
3: that, it. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: repurpose it or, or take an idea that, you know, ask your, your clients or your candidates, like, do you mind jumping on a Zoom call with me and recording it and I can chop it up and share it? Like, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be complicated. If you bring it, to use a recruitment term, back to basics, it, it can be easy. It, it's, yeah. You don't have to be overwhelmed by going, God, what am I going to post today? Or, oh, my God, I need to write a status. Mm. Just peel it back
4: and, and the, the rest kind of falls into place once you get comfortable with it. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, stick with one channel until you're yeah. co- confident and comfortable yeah. and you know what you're doing, then start to to look at other areas, be it TikTok, be it Instagram. You'll know pretty quickly. You prefer taking photos, you'll end up on Instagram. If you don't mind doing videos, you'll probably move to TikTok quite quickly. But don't try and kill yourself. It's a marketer's issue for the company, let alone for personal brands. Pick one. And if someone argues with you, tell them that you can be crap everywhere or you can be really good in one place. Uh, and follow that I think it's it's the only way and you don't have time no one's got that much time I certainly don't um, yeah. doing it for myself for a year I know that I have two channels and just stick to them
0: I would definitely start on a channel that's giving me the best possible chance of making money out of it as well yeah. it's got to be LinkedIn for me I, I, you, I don't like you want to start somewhere where you're probably already spending 10, 15, 20 grand plus on LinkedIn recruiter why would you not want to try and maximize that tool? all like the reach for me, on it is a
3: joke as yeah. well. LinkedIn reach it's a gold is
0: mine. an absolute yeah. gold joke. Yeah. You, that's where you want to start for me. You don't need to think about another platform. You need to start on LinkedIn. For and just me, that's that's the context,
2: I it's like 50% or more, I think, of all social referrals come from LinkedIn.
0: It's a joke. It's yes, absolutely. So if you're not on LinkedIn,
2: you are missing, you're not even in the game. Let them all lose. Yeah. Like. And the, expo-
3: the exposure you can get as well when you look at the numbers wow. like the amount it would cost you via any other platform to get that level of exposure yeah it, it's it, people and it's not
4: going to gonna last it. long <laughs> here's
1: a question here's a question for you guys which i'm going to pretend is somebody else's but i'm actually kind of thinking it's really relevant to me after what i've been doing for the last few weeks is posting every day overkill
0: <laughs> no. depends what you're talking about
4: not if you if you've got something to say but if you I, don't I, have something to
2: yeah. say, don't force it yeah that's it i think don't force it don't go oh i need to post every day just post when you have a decent enough thing to say because you, you, yeah. you get very overwhelmed very quickly with going oh my god i need to post and then it doesn't become enjoyable when it's not enjoyable you won't want to do it and when you won't want when you don't want to do it you won't yeah.
1: Uh, and what, what about the time as well? Because, uh, Amelia, we, we had a, a conversation late last night, and I said, look, stick your video out tonight because there's loads of engagement And like, you know, because people sat there watching TV soon. You went, no, nah, that. I'm going to do it nine o'clock in the morning. And I was wrong. Um, I'm pleased to say, Amelia. So, is there a time now? And it, 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 everybody asks this question, don't When's the best time of day to post? Does it depend on what you're doing and where you're posting it? Or literally, is it you, you just got to get people. Uh, it
3: works yeah, so, either way. Um, Stephen Bartlett at Social Chain put out a really interesting uh, post on Proud this. That's social, isn't it? I looked at that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was all about how that data has actually changed. So anyone who really wants to dive into the time element of it, check out the Social Chain or Stephen Bartlett, who's a great person to follow if you're going to start on your content journey anyway. Yeah. Because um, he's actually crunched the data. It's changed since we've been in lockdown, interestingly. But I've experimented with all of this over the last few years and the only common denominators are to get engagement at any time is whether the post is quality and whether yeah. people show it a fair amount of love during the first hour. And the quality is a far bigger
0: Fact barometer, than time, isn't it? Yeah, I've,
3: mm. I've had Sunday, Sunday night Sunday night things sometimes go big equally. Sometimes you post something prime time and it maybe it wasn't really you. Maybe you went too vanilla on it. Maybe it just wasn't your best post. It didn't grip for whatever reason, and it doesn't happen. So. I think the time element is over analyzed in some ways
0: yeah i agree
2: with that i think the the number one thing is your content if your content is on point people will like it but I I personally have found more success as, as, uh, as you just said, Simon, um, with posting things in the like earlier morning in the morning. Yeah.
0: I I definitely agree with that.
2: And I think that that's probably because my target audience are other recruiters and that's just happens to be when they're online. I think it's also very much dependent on your audience. Like if you're, you know, if you're posting stuff on LinkedIn, your target audience is people that work in the beauty industry. First of all, you're probably on the wrong platform, but they might not be on LinkedIn at nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. They might be on LinkedIn at three or four or whatever. Yeah. Um, so content first and then production and time you post is, should be you know down and the, the poll.
3: The important thing around the format as well, Simon, which also has a massive thing, is don't include any external links. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, know, you know, some people share things and they put their email address in it or they put an external link actually in um, the update. Because what you're doing there is driving traffic off of the LinkedIn platform. They rank it down and people that don't see that. so much of it. Um, so the moment you start sharing articles from the BBC or anything like that, rather than actually putting the link in the update, comment on the article, add your thoughts, but put it in the comments. Say, you know, I'll see comment, the link yeah. in the comments. you have seen people doing this online and, and yeah. that's why. So yeah, the format's important as well. Sorry, yeah. Hish, i cut you off there.
0: No, no, I think that just if we're talking about one, yeah, morning, I definitely agree. And thinking of recruitment days, I'd rather I would say to my clients, get your I'd rather get your post out in the morning than you know everything else you need to do for the rest of the day so you don't have to think about it. But and then the format piece definitely agree on that and then the final piece is um don't make it a big block a big block paragraph it's horrible if you look at any of our posts in here you'll see that it's formatted correctly and it, there'll just be loads of breaks and it'll be easy to read like if you just do a post and it's a big paragraph it's horrible <laughs> no one's gonna, no gonna want to read it so that's the only thing yeah if we're talking about format that would definitely help
2: and just to add a point into that and i think this is like this was game changing for me was instead of worrying about driving your own content and creating your own kind of content, think about commenting on other people. So like find influencers in your space. When I say influencers, yeah. I mean like leaders in your industry or the rest of it, and then comment on their stuff and ask them a question that makes them want to reply to you. Cause when they reply to you, everyone in their network sees and that's a great way to organically grow your connection base of ideal customers especially when you're targeting people by your industry or by the job title that you work or the rest of it they will have other connections within their space that do what they do and you need those Mm -hmm. connections so actively like even if you spend like 10 minutes a day just finding people connecting with them commenting on their stuff putting out some love to other people it will come back to you like tenfold
0: and that can be as simple as, hey, Amelia, thanks so much for sharing this. Really interesting points.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's,
0: it could be as simple as that. I, met, I messaged a guy today. His name's Ivan Harrison. And I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, Ivan d- Harrison, yeah. He, honestly, he is every single post I look at, he's, he's commenting on it. And I messaged him today. I was like, mate, this is so overdue, but I'm seeing you everywhere. Like, and he was like, you just you engaged his code, code red for um, annoying. But he's <laughs> just everywhere. And I, I remembered his name, knew who he was.
2: And he knows everyone. And he lives in Australia. Like, it's not like he's in the UK. Yeah, just, so he, he knows everyone everywhere. So he's a great job so, at working.
1: So Howard, Howard, has that answered your question of, is it worth posting something a number of times during the day?
2: <laughs> I, think, I think that yeah.
1: probably has. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, so Victoria, here, here's the thing. So the, on, on here, we've got, uh, you know, a vast number of people uh, listening in. Many of them are are, are marketers and some of them are recruitment agency owners that have have a marketing team. And I think the biggest sense of conjecture, certainly from a a marketing um, standpoint, is how the hell do you get your consultants to post stuff that's worthwhile Engage with it that isn't a team picture?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've always said pick a handful of champions don't pick everyone you can't you can't solve all problems for everyone at once find the few people in your business who are genuinely interested in understanding how to build a personal brand um and pick pick so pick your battles pick the easiest ones that you can win with and when that starts to work when your traction starts to come in with consultants who do want to work with you, who are interested in having marketers help them create content. Others will follow. People will come and go, oh, I want to be part of this game. You know, fear of missing out, all that kind of stuff. Um, But actually find consultants who are interested or who understand the value of marketing in some respect. Those are going to be the easiest people to start with uh, rather than trying to get everyone involved because you're buggered if you do, to be honest. It won't work. It just won't work. You're better off pick a handful one two maybe th- maybe three maybe five depends on the size of your business i'd personally say one or two and and drill down spending time with them personally helping them write their content even starting to write it for them at the beginning give get them off the ground um and people will come because of that
2: and just bounce off the back of that like i, I the best advice i can give you is is advice that Again, Andy Matt gave me, and that was be the change that you want to see and and you say yeah. that often, Andy, and I think that's bang on because you ha- as as the marketer, if you're telling people to do this, do that, do whatever, and you're not doing the things that you're telling them to do. No one's going to listen to you. So the easiest way for you to get people to come around is go, right, well, I'm going to do it and look how good I can get. And that's what I did. And ultimately, that's what's made all the consultants that I work with want to go. Yeah, I need to do this because I'm seeing that you're getting 20, 30,000, whatever it is, views and you're getting inbound leads from people because you're actually yeah. doing it. If you're being the change that you want to see, you will get success with, you know, getting consultants on board much quicker than you ever would by just telling them to do something.
4: So yeah. I think that's a really important part um, Whether and, and really relevant right now, whether you're on furlough or not, if you're a marketer and you're not creating content, learning how algorithms on LinkedIn work, learning how to write posts, how to get the most engagement, you're, you're not practicing what you preach, you're telling consultants to do it and you're not doing it yourself. If you can spend the time now learning how to create content, whether you're working or not, and go, go back to work or when consultants come back to work, they will be able to see the value you can add for them but if you're not doing it yourself it's very very hard to tell them you know what you're talking about when you don't do it uh, and i think it's a, a downfall of marketers and this isn't a shot at them because i am one but if you're not creating your own content you really don't have a leg to stand on to tell someone else to do it it also helps build rapport with
2: consultants like it, you know yeah. if you're if you're getting on side with them and and the rest of it they'll you know, they yeah, want it makes, to work with you. It
3: makes sure your advice is relevant as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, I, so I'm advising people on building their personal brands to attract in jobs. I can't do that effectively if I'm not,
0: if not practicing
3: that. that every day, spotting trends. You know, I've seen different types of post working in different ways. How can I, I can't advise accurately if I'm not a practitioner.
0: Yeah, I think just my, because the, these are the types of conversations I have to have with businesses and work out who we want to work with and who the best investment would be in terms of personal brand. My, I definitely agree with what Victor Amelia said in terms of definitely worth finding the pocket of people that could be your guinea pigs and you invest in that might be engaged with it already i think the only part that i would add is you definitely want to invest in recruiters that if you gave them 10 more opportunities to get on the phone to talk to people about why they're different and what the agency is about that you're confident in their ability to do that for me i i I want to focus on people that um are confident and back themselves in recruitment like i wouldn't be working with people under a year's experience personally just because i think they need to be punched in the mouth by recruitment enough before we're talking about content fitting that in your day your week all these types of things i think it's important to focus on people that you know if you gave them more opportunity with their brand that they can maximize that as well um and then the final bit to that is i want to work with people that already have an influence in the business um so if you can get people and work with people that already have an influence in the business that people already look up to people aspire to be if you can work with them and hopefully these people typically would have some humility um, to say, you know what, I'm open to seeing if I can add this branding tool to my toolbox to help me become a better recruiter. If you can sort of convince and work with people that already have influence in your recruitment agency and they start getting results, well, they're going to do a lot of the championing and the influencing for you as well, is what I found.
1: So, so how I'm going to try and encompass three questions in here. Let's see how well I do. Um, that's great that you're getting... That, that, they work with the consultants but how how do you build a business case um, for the agency owner the boss the md the founder and who um might not quite get it and and perhaps they're trying to sedgeway or shoehorn some sort of branding that fits the company but it might not necessarily fit what that individual is trying to do to stand out from the crowd um so there's two components to that, I think. One is the, um, the, the buy-in from the boss um, and also the, the, the way that you can get that boss to see it from a personal perspective, not just fitting to conformity of, of the company brand.
4: Yeah.
0: Have
4: I done a good
1: job or have I made that really hard?
0: I think so
4: it's, a, it's a tough question.
0: The things that, the, <laughs> thing, the things that I was speaking to about this, someone on the podcast the other day, everything that we're talking about today is not to replace the phone. It, it just isn't. So for me, the first thing that came up for me when you're talking about that is you have to prove to your boss that you're good at recruitment. You have to be that you have to be doing your utmost to achieve the outcomes that are needed for you to be seen internally as someone that is working hard, doing what they need to and being a good recruiter. Like if you need to be doing those things, to then and but if you want to do branding and these types of things, you actually delivering, achieving the outcomes um that are required will help you have that influence to say to your boss, look, you know what, I've been lo- looking at listening to the podcast, seeing what Amelia's posting and I'd really like to start building my brand. If you're not hitting the numbers and you're asking that, there's a good chance you might get pushed back and it might not happen. So that, that's the first thing that comes up for me is that you've got you've got to be you've got to be willing to also do all the other stuff as well. That's what comes up to me in that. That's definitely gonna help you drive influence and get your boss to turn around to it and maybe look at investing in you to do it, learn about it, is is what I'd say. And
2: that, from a marketing I perspective, I think for me, like the number one reason why personal branding, aside from all the stuff that we talk about all day long, like in you know, generating revenue or the rest of it, is it's free. Like Yeah. You spend all <laughs> this money on pay-per-click on bloody social media promotions the thousands and thousands of pounds that we all spend on linkedin and get absolutely nothing from we're doing all these b2b sponsored content things all the rest of it if i'm coming to you and you're my boss and i go i've got this great marketing idea we're going to get xyz and i know we're going to get xyz how much is going to cost me it's free like
3: yeah yeah just ask uh, you've you've got to deliver outcomes haven't you how the the, how Mm. you get to those outcomes you just need to get agreement from your boss on a scorecard and then yeah. ask for freedom within a framework in terms of how you deliver those outcomes. Poor old Ed Jacob. I hope you're all right, mate. I think we've said <laughs> he's asleep. <laughs> yeah, Ed, Ed is still there, the mate. <laughs> let,
1: you're let, asleep let us, you asleep on your keypad. Ed, come on, oh, Ed, come on, buddy. back yeah. in the room.
4: Yeah, his couch just walked across the keyboard. I the, think
1: the old, the old
3: furlough drinking affected poor Ed there. But
4: yeah,
3: if you can align outcomes, right? Yeah. So, The the answer is you're not going to get somebody who has successfully built a multi-million turnover business based on cold calls to agree that doing none of that and only doing LinkedIn is a good idea. You are not going to get them to agree that in a million years because their uh, perspective is framed by their own success to date and their own experience that they've had. But if you can focus on outcomes, if you can say, right, how many new candidates do you want me to bring in this week? 10. Okay. So that's 20 over the next fortnight. Can you give me freedom within that framework to work out more intuitive ways of delivering yeah. that twenty and what I believe will deliver a higher quality and get a better results? And that I think most people get their head around. As long as they know they're gonna get the outcome, yeah. they'll kinda of, they give you a bit more rope.
0: Yeah, you, you, you like, worded that I way better.
2: You, your community.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you articulated that way better than I did.
4: It's about oh, your no, main language, it. It right? Team
3: effort, team effort. Yeah,
0: yeah. but
2: it's,
3: bit, but it's well, the, the way you get somebody to buy into something is to find out what they want and then tell them how you're going to deliver it to them yeah. by them yeah. to, giving you what you want. It's, it's alignment, yeah. right? Spoken like a true start,
2: recruiter, solving problems. <laughs> that's it though, right?
3: If you go yeah. and start talking too much social, too much numbers, yeah. too much this, yeah. and you're talking a different language and relate it always back. What would success look like in two weeks, right? Let me go and have a crack at doing this. And when you over then exceed, you better nail it as well. And then when you overexceed it, then they can go, well, how did you do that? And then they'll yeah. start to be interested. Yeah? Yeah. I think, I think anyway, the, co- the, company,
0: the, the company brand thing, that is a difficult one. Like I've had a lot of conversations where consultants have been um, really unmotivated or felt um, it's been difficult for them to share content or do it because they think their, com- their company said, oh, it's not in line with our brand and all these types of things. That, that is difficult. I, I don't know, I'd like to think that companies need to trust yeah, I mean, they're, they're going on the phone, they're speaking to the market. So if you, if they're able to trust them to do that, then I'd like to think that they, they should trust you to share content with, with the confidence that you're not going to sort of make the company look bad. And um, I think it, it takes a lot, in my opinion, it takes a lot to make to damage your company brand. It really does. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think if you're someone that, um, is being pushed internally by your company, and, and this is something you really want to do and they're saying look it's not in line with our company brand and they make it really difficult for you I'd ask yourself the question is this a company I want to work for that, yeah. that's 100% the
3: question oh, should oh, ask and, and they need to understand that company pages on LinkedIn are dead they're they're absolutely dead. Dead. no one my, goes on, like, my, one, my yeah. one's dead and I live on the platform and every time same. I try and direct I'm exactly strategy, the
0: same
2: my, my I don't post anything on ours I think I've got <laughs> I think, I've got, I think
3: <laughs> I've got two and a half thousand followers or something on career jump <laughs> <laughs> after 18 months yeah. versus whatever it is now like whatever, 15, 20 times that on personal. Like it's, mm. it, it's there's really no comparison. And so this, I, this concept of company brand versus individual brand, if you're in professional services and your people deliver your service, those lines are blurred. Sure, have brand values, which you could deliver to people and say, when you're posting, we'd love you to fit within these brand values. So if they're innovative, if one of it's innovation or integrity, like don't do anything that's outside the framework. But again, give them freedom within the framework go and go do it because your company's going to benefit
2: and i think yeah. that's a really important point if you're hiring for values which i hope you are um and and you're worried about what people are going to be posting you've got bigger problems than your people posting like yeah. your yeah. hiring is a much is a
3: yeah much more it's of a problem stuff. than
2: your marketing if, if you can't
3: trust your people to be themselves online you've got a problem with your people that's, correct that's yeah. awesome.
2: or you have a problem <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 and it, it, it just a uh, Go back to the um, part on on damaging company brands really quickly. I I didn't say this. I interviewed Dan Kelso a little while ago, and he made a really good point about people are forgetful. Uh, If you put this in a bigger perspective, um, his examples were someone like Tiger Woods. He won an Open again after (laughs) after all coming out about him cheating on his wife and his infidelities. The press slaughtered him for that. He won an Open, and he was a hero again. Every, it's like everybody just forgot what he'd done and what they were really angry with him about. Um, and, and people do forget because it's in their best interest to forget. H and M is a really good example. They they made a huge blunder putting a, a young black boy in a jumper with a with a monkey on it on their on their marketing, their advertising, and they were slaughtered for it. But the problem is, when somebody wants to go and buy a cheap item of clothing, they will go to H and M. They will forget about yeah. that blunder um so you can make mistakes i don't advise making mistakes i'm not saying do it but if you do people will forget really quickly if it's in their best interests to forget because we are inherently selfish beings there's nothing you can do about it so when people point. do challenge um it what about the company brand if you're not purposefully damaging it 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 can be solved what's the worst can, that can happen are to damage, what are you gonna what's do the, yes,
0: exactly what, is, what literally and, and if you, you do, do something
4: that bad it'll damage you as a person more than it will damage your company yeah,
0: absolutely
1: right and, and that's so
4: that it's, it's kind of a non-argument really for companies
1: yeah. can i uh could, could i use this as a as I think i'm segueing into a question from rebecca because i'm mindful that rebecca has asked a question where she's probably got anxiety now um you mentioned that the you would be more uh, inclined to work with someone a consultant's got a year's experience because they've yeah. got that know-how and knowledge. Um, I mean, I'm thinking also about those people who are about to come back into the market and how this market is going to be reformed at the back end of all of this. And a lot of those consultants and, and individuals that are potentially even on here haven't got that level of experience. Are you suggesting that um, they need to get that you know, sort of 12 months of experience before they should be let loose? Or, or is that more of a guide because you're saying, Aligning yourself with some of that experience is going to be the best way forward because a lot of people with less than that have got some really tremendous yeah, I think ideas.
0: It was just it was just, a, just a generalist sort of month of experience. If, you've, if you're confident in your ability to get on the phone and speak to people, then of course, if that's before 12 months after, then ha- adding branding to your toolbox is something that you should do. But I think that, that's the only thing. I'm, when I'm speaking to companies, I think that's like, for me, like let's focus on people that we make sure that we're investing in the right people and going to get the best possible chance of having a good return on investment. And typically that's people that they feel confident are on the phone and, and we're are able to take on that extra capacity because it takes time and and it will add more things to your day, add more things to your week. So you, you've got to be confident confident in the other areas. If you're confident in all the other areas before 12 months then definitely crack on, it's just more of that's what I've found. So it's yeah, before 12 months, it's fine. It was just more of a generalist experience number i put on there it's just i i think it's worth like for me you want you don't need to over complicate it like you need to back to basics you know the recruitment basics and then let's start thinking about branding and what else you can do that, that that's just my thought process on that
2: i think to be clear like hisham you're the personal branding expert i'm just someone on this you know journey so i don't know you know, you've obviously had a lot more exposure to working with other people than than I have. I'm only working with the consultants I, I work with in, in the business that I work. But for me, like as a marketing person and as someone who sees kind of quote unquote personal branding as the um, the sort of best feather in my bow of you know marketing. I think it's really important to get people on side from the get go. Like if you're, yeah. if you're starting your recruitment career today, I want to, I want to meet you the day you start and go, right. That's let, how happen.
0: we do it. Yeah. That makes Work sense. it
2: into your day. Don't add it to your day. Like it, it fundamentally, I think one of the reasons why recruitment has such a shit reputation is because we don't necessarily train people the way they should be trained now. Right. We all do yeah, the way it used to be done in the nineties because we all have no offense to everyone, but managers, directors, founders that did it then, and it worked then, but now in today's, in 2020. Yeah. Things are done differently. So if you can work that into a training program, um, whether that's over the you know two weeks, three months, 12 months, whatever it is, and make it that's the ritual as you get it done on a weekly basis, it's much easier to build something over that time. You're mm. not going from zero to 100. You've got to go from zero to 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 60, et cetera.
0: Yeah. I think um, what, what, I I fa- what, what I found, Amelia, is that when I've worked with consultants that are under the 12-month mark and, and, and lack the experience, um, even, the, the, they heighten the worry of other people's opinions. So, the, the biggest challenge that will paralyze them from sharing any content will be I've only been doing this job for three months. So, what, who am I to talk about tech? Who am I to talk about HR? And that, that's even more emphasized when you're quite early on. Is it beneficial?
2: Yeah, right. Is it beneficial? Right
0: but is yeah. that, exactly. not our
2: job as marketers to go, right, okay, well, you're not an expert on tech, but let's talk about the fact that you are a brand yeah. new recruiter so, and you're finding these <clears throat> things along the way. That's your so, story, your truth. That's what you should tell.
3: Absolutely. So there's, there's three types of posts that I've found perform well from a, a content distribution <laughs> perspective. There's champion posts where yeah. you just champion the industry, right? And so for rookies coming in to go, I've only been in cybersecurity for two weeks, didn't even know what it was for interview. But now I've looked at it. It's amazing. They save us from all this online fraud. And just a big shout out to all the founders out there who've recently set up cybersecurity firms. You're doing amazing work. And now I understand. I really support you, right? That would be a great champion post for somebody who just entered yeah. the industry. But you've got champion posts at any time where you can just get your persona that you want to influence and you want to connect with and just give them a shout out and, and shout out what is important to them inside and give them recognition. That's something you can do from day one. There's commentary posts, which I think you were talking about earlier, Amelia. So that's my second C in terms of the three Cs in the top post. And commentary is more talking about on what you're seeing. So we've had 12,500 cybersecurity jobs uploaded onto LinkedIn this week. As a business, we've taken on four vacancies in these areas, blah, 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 blah. So again, they're not having to deal with anything from a credit. They don't need to know the ins and outs of cyber. And then the third bit is the capability post. And this is probably one where you get, you need at least a year plus, where you're credibly giving your advice. So you're saying, if you're hiring in cyber this year, these are the three things you need to look for in order to find a top, top leader. And I think as long as you're moving between those three different types, you and for me, I try and do kind of one of each followed by a hook each week. That's my thing, kind of one champion, one commentary, one capability, and then one call to action and just <laughs> get that kind of cadence going. But I think rookies could do some of that. Mm. we've got it on you talk about rituals collapse that business we're working with which uh, in-house recruitment um, business um, we've got a day everyone who's joined has never done a, a video before we've got a day one ritual that they put a video out uh, Love that. on the first that's
2: day amazing rip that bandaid Love. off straight away yeah. Well, yeah, welcome welcome
3: to collapse they get given um, a tripod on day one with the lighting right bang on the board there's your tripod stick your phone in your first video is going out today what we're going to do it on go? So they just awesome. literally bang straight in, and I off have you to go.
2: steal that idea, Andy. That's that's
3: one, idea. Well,
1: another stolen idea, Andy. Should yeah, yeah, it's right goes, some of these. Yeah, no,
3: <laughs> no, but that that that's a re- that's been really good, straight out of the comfort zone. Yeah, and um,
0: awesome. once
3: they, once they've torn the plaster off, like you say, and they realise. Yeah, you get a bit of crap from your mates and people screen print it and give you some grief and all that. Like, it's all part of it, isn't it?
1: But What, what about humour um, in, in all of this? And, and I don't mean that to sound you know, silly, but you, you see posts, don't you, where I think it's quite blatant that people put in things just to get the views and just to get the likes without, you know, just for the sake of it, maybe in some sort of competition. But um, where, where's the boundary to, to, <laughs> to humour um, online? Yeah. Um, he, he, or is it? Is that
0: one? I think I mean Mark Gaysford is like the king of this. Like yeah, he is, he, definitely. The vid- the videos that he does, I couldn't do. The last video I saw him, he was walking around with a wig. Wig,
2: yeah, I, that's I, great. Go and I check it out like, if you haven't I was seen just it. Like, it like, oh my Gaysford. god, I
0: could not do that. But like, I, I guess what what comes up for me is like, I don't know. If someone comes, then speech on the phone and stuff. Are you someone that are you quite humorous? Are you quite funny? I don't know. Like, don't don't feel like you have to force it. I think what I've found, Simon, is. Yeah, get what Mark Gazeford I think, has done really well is that he's always made sure there's an entertainment value to his content rather than always serious and informative. And what some of the stuff that Andrew's talking about is, and I don't do much of this myself, is the entertainment element. I think that's a, maybe a better word to use is can you entertain people with your content and add a bit of humor? And I think for me, that just makes you more human. And every, 90% of recruiters on LinkedIn online don't look human. That they don't so i think humor isn't a bad thing it adds you to looking human and i think it's definitely not a bad thing
2: i think right. that's key yeah. as well you've got to, to the reason why i think mark stuff is is successful and you know other people read kind of purposing tiktoks and all the rest of it is because you need to trigger in, in order for something to go viral or be you know engaging or whatever you have to trigger something within the people that you're trying yeah. to, speak to and, and that emotion could be humor it could be you know absorbing information it could be like shit i didn't know that but whatever it is you have to trigger something and that's why i post like that do well because i mean mark's hilarious but he's also very informative um mm. and that's what yeah is what I, triggered.
3: I think i think if you're not funny in real life don't try to be online
0: yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely
3: because you will Quite be late, funny but not, not for the right reason <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just think you've got to be really careful with Hubert. Maybe I take myself too seriously, but I kind of think like like I want people to pay me a lot of money to deliver my service. Yeah. And so uh, for me, credibility trumps the l- extra likes I would get by putting
0: Thanks, in tender. money.
3: Like, yeah. It's just not, it's a personal thing. Like, good on anyone who can pull that off authentically. But for me, that's more Facebook. Yeah. But for yeah. me, but also, likes
2: don't make you money it's 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 appealing no, it's, to, and that's what ultimately is, and, uh,
3: isn't it it's about convergence so i'd rather you were either championing your market demonstrating your capability or commenting yeah. on your market because whilst it's whilst you are in service by being funny you're not adding value to your core audience or moving closer to your i don't personally think it's but as you said some people are really yeah. doing very well and I, I think mean, we've authentic.
2: nailed it there Andy. it's adding value so if the yeah. humor adds value then fine
0: it's the marketing one-on-one, isn't it you need to know your audience if you're if right. is humor going to be the right angle when your target market is lawyers or uh, uh, c-level finance people don't know <laughs> but like that's the thing that's you got to think about i think j- just on this note because I, I took note of this because I, I attended a webinar a, a linkedin webinar this week and i wrote this down but um, on one of their graphics, it was they did a, a, a survey on um, top reasons why people engage with content, and sixty-one percent of the people um, was it if it's relevant to me. Sixty-two percent of the people was educational and informative. That they, they were the top two, and that, I think it's really as simple as that, and that's what we're talking I'm not about. surprised. I'm yeah, not surprised. that's
1: it. <laughs> okay, guys. Look, so, so on that note, um, Hisham, I'm you know glad that you uh, you brought up with. Just with the timing in mind, and guys, for those that are still here, it's still like bundles and bundles of people um, listening in. We're going to roll this on for a bit longer than the standard hours because I think there's so much to cover. Um, so please do keep the questions coming. I think what would be fantastic, though, is see if we can get some people, uh, get people going away with some real good takeaways. Um, so we've got um, people like Mark, who you've referenced, to somebody to go and follow. Um who, who are there at the moment, would you say, what's the best example of, of, of a business or an individual outside of Mark that has done a brilliant job um, <laughs> of, of, of branding that people can go and check out and maybe get from there some ideas? I feel-
4: um, can I give you one example? Because I know Heachan wins this argument and has like, <laughs> all the best ones. I've got one name I want to give you and it's a guy called Mark Metry. Yeah. Um, oh yeah,
0: he's everyone. He's a young lad of mine. If you've Jimins seen him, I'm, I'm working
4: with him. Yeah, yeah. Humans 2.0 podcast. He launched the podcast many years ago now, um, has massive social anxiety and he has built a business around creating content on LinkedIn. The reach he has and he talks about this as we've done earlier. The reach LinkedIn has for him as an individual to do do business, to build his business is unbelievable. It doesn't get it anywhere else. But if you want to look up someone whose content gets more engagement than most of us could ever hope for, it's, it's someone like Mark. Um, and he's an example outside of recruitment.
2: And I think just ladies, um, if I can, we've got a couple of women, but I'll just name one. Um, there's a lady called Shay Robottom who you probably oh, yeah. she's everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. she started out her career not not doing anything on LinkedIn and decided that, that that's where she was going to focus her um, her energy. And in 18 months, she's gone from having like 12,000 followers to. I think she's up to like three or four hundred thousand now, um, yep. and she's built a business around doing what she does for directors, founders. Yeah, she's yeah. huge. She's yep. great, and she's a good example, actually, of humour being relevant because she's informative, yep. she's educational, she delivers her message, but in a really sort of um, humorous and human way. So if you're you're interested in video, go and check out Shea Robottom. She does it very, very well.
0: Yeah, I mean, what, what I'm going to do, Simon, is I'm just going to, I, I've just put in the chat pane just names that I wrote down, so, so they can see those. So, those people there I've had conversations with, I know that they get inbound business, I know that they make money um, from LinkedIn, and they're the people that came up for me in terms of recruiters, and caveat, I don't work with any of those people. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, just, well, no, thank you for that, that's, um,
1: that, that that's great, very generous, uh, to share that information. Um, I've got a I've got a thing um, which coincides with these takeaways. You mentioned that uh, that LinkedIn company pages are dead, um, which is a real bummer because I was about to start a campaign around that. Um, <clears throat> why? 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 Why are they dead? What is that? Because they aren't engaging enough? I mean, wh- or is it because they don't get the same ranking? What What's the deal with that?
4: linkedin although they ask you to invest in them as a company they you know you've got all these extra bits that you can buy um affiliate pages all that kind of stuff their algorithm is designed for you to see people more than it is businesses and very likely to do with you know the people buy from people people are more interesting their algorithm pushes down company posts over individuals posts um i don't have the inside track as to exactly why but that just is the way it works Um, I it's, use
3: h to h not b to b, is
4: it Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I use my company page, my podcast, just so if people want to go somewhere to see it specifically, that's the content they'll see there. The engagement's pretty low, but it's constantly up to date, and that's that's really what it's there for. But I share everything out through myself as an individual because the traction, the reach, the engagement is far beyond in the thousands and the tens of thousands than it is on a company page.
2: And I think that's the key. The company page is a, this is what we do. And the you is, this is who I am. And people are going to yeah. engage much more with the who I am than the what I do.
0: Yeah. I don't actually know why. It's just whenever I post content on my company pages, does shit. So don't worry about it. Me, it.
2: Absolute
3: the, the, the company, bold, the, the, the strategy. The, 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 the company page is about, the company, whereas good individual content is about the audience. It's as straightforward as that. Mm. Like yeah. What one's in service of and value add, and others is is mm. trying to convert, isn't
0: it? So it's. I think all I will say, and um, Andrew, you're obviously a testament to this, and this is what I found is that when when you do build up your own individual brand, more people see your company. They, they just will, yeah. and they, and they will sort of filter that. Sure. People will follow your company, and they will do it. That's I haven't spent. I mean, if you were to go look at my company pages, I haven't posted on there for months. But uh, it gradually always grows followers and people that follow it. That's just because um, yeah. they're looking at who I am. And the, v- the value in that that I find personally is that on your company page, you the first button on there is visit website and look at that. And you yeah. can track how many people visit your website and you want that. So it, you can generate traffic and eyeballs and awareness through your own yeah. personal profile because they can see the companies that you work for and that will work Um, it's It's
2: part of that it's like when you get an email the first thing you do is profile then you do company company
0: yeah exactly yeah
2: that's the process it's more more
3: (laughs) middle of funnel rather than top of funnel is the point
1: yeah well well, he he sounds a bit provocative then isn't it all a little bit narcissistic to be um so on there talking about (laughs) yourself and what you've
0: done
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do people really give a fuck about that i mean really Um, really. so so what we talk about, because one of the questions which highlighted this was, you know, it's sort all of, well and good, you're out there talking about yourself. Do people want to know that? I mean, where is yeah. it really going? And obviously, I know that's the segue into other things, but, but isn't it a bit narcissistic?
4: The but short there, answer yes.
2: is, is people don't give a shit about you. But if you can start a discussion, that's where the engagement comes from. It's, it's yeah. not about you. It's about the subject matter and what your audience yeah. wants.
0: Yeah, right? it's not about you.
2: No. It's just got to come yeah. through. You're adding value yeah
0: yeah, yeah. it's got yeah, to you're Yeah.
2: you're just the form that is
0: yeah you know, you've got yeah, to become, the vehicle yeah. You, you yeah it, you've yeah. got to become the place where clients and candidates can talk about important topics in their market right. yeah
4: it's so not you about feel you sold and,
0: yeah and if it is about you then you will get buried online you'll yeah. get found out and people <laughs> will butcher you unfortunately that that's how it happens but i yeah i don't think it's about you and i get what you're saying simon but it's not. It's, um,
3: it's the insult of choice thrown at people, thrown by people who are too scared to do content themselves.
0: Yes. Yeah, and these are ones to chuck at people, isn't
3: it? Yeah. I, d- I don't do that. Cause that means I would be a narcissist. I don't go to the gym. Cause that means I would be, uh, um, <laughs> I'd be one of
2: those really horrible people with massive
3: arms. I, d- I don't get do, 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 do. you know what I mean? So people, yeah, yeah, people yeah. just people rationalize their own fear to take action, do what they absolutely know they should be doing by putting those kind of barriers in place. Sure. There's some narcissists doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But most, mm. most people who are successful doing it are doing it
0: successfully because they're serving,
3: a, serving a particular audience.
2: paying it forward. And I think yeah. ultimately just on that, like if you were successful, you are service serving someone like yeah. you, people can throw whatever jabs they want. If you're getting engagement and you're converting stuff off the back of it. Mm. That's it. No that, that people need whatever it is that you're selling. <clears throat>
1: Okay, fantastic. Um, <clears throat> some top tips. Maybe we can start off. We have a top tip each. How about that? So one top tip. if These guys that are the marketers and business owners. I mean, I'm assuming that everybody who's on here is interested in, in building their personal brand. So if they could go away now and implement one thing and you can't say, oh, yeah, what she said, uh, you have to think of your own one. Um, Amelia, one top tip, where should someone come off this webinar now. The one thing they should do is they're going to start or improve their personal branding journey.
2: Is this, is this answering to directors and marketers or for recruiters?
1: Um, for, for recruiters, but also for marketers that can help those recruiters maybe. So they're, they're <laughs> going to steer those recruiters. So let's assume we've got both because we have, we've got recruiters on here and marketers. So the recruiter, they're going to go and do it themselves or if a market is now representing those recruiters um what could that he or she um guide those consultants to do
2: okay so the first thing that i would do is and i'm sure everyone else will get involved in how to write content or the rest of it but the number one thing i always say to the consultants that i work with is make sure that your connections are quality and if they're not Cull them because if you could create amazing content, but if you're not posting to the right people, and you're a lion, and you've got ten thousand people that are not relevant to your niche, then no one's going to see it. So before you even think about the posting stuff and the creating stuff and the repurposing stuff, make sure that you've got quality connections, and then the rest of it, you know, is just start, just do it.
0: Yeah, I've, uh, my mine would be. I think yeah, that's an underrated piece of advice like that's a great thing about LinkedIn you build up your target network and your target audience um, but my, my practical advice with the, with the number one challenge being not knowing what to create content about um, a good thing you can do that also enables you to go on the phone is call up five candidates call up five clients and ask them the direct question look um, I want to make sure I play my part during this period I want to create content that you should find useful and valuable what content would you find really useful right now and I should ask, ask your clients and candidates what they want to see and then go, go and make it and, and go talk about it. And then you can message these people, say, look, you know, we had that conversation the other day, put this post together, let me know what you think of it. That that would be my practical advice for people.
1: Yeah, because I think that's a challenge at the moment, um, isn't it, with people trying to work out what it is they can say to their, to their candidates yeah, the yeah, without think... phoning up and asking if they've got any jobs on, yeah. um, which seems like a rhetorical, you know, senseless question. So, Giving them something else, another tool, another reason for phoning. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, recruit. I think recruiters forget that they speak to their target audience every single day. So, like, this is what I used to do when I was in recruit. I used to ask people the direct question about these things, and you have access to these people. Ask them the direct question: What content do you normally engage with? What What do you find useful? Ask them this, and they'll tell you, and utilize that. It will (coughs) help. Is what I'm saying. Thank you,
1: Hisham. Andrew, top tip one. Yeah, the, the the
3: the content creation thing. Let's go to talk a bit further about that. Um, and I think um, what I what how I how I've run it in the top to power tab would be just start a notes page in your phone. <laughs> and any uh, conversation you have where something comes out that's interesting, or any article you see which you think's interesting that you might have an angle for, or anything like content is everywhere. You just got to open the filters up. So I've got my next 50 five zero posts. I've already got them written out on my phone. Like I'm, not, I'm never going, what should I post next? Because it's everywhere. Mm. And one of the things we do when we're in workshops, um, and immediately I were doing that with our colleagues in the past, is I would just say to them, well, tell me about the last phone call you had. Well, t- tell me the phone call you just had right now. What happened? And they said, oh, well, we had um, somebody who got turned down an interview. Why? What did they do wrong? Oh, um, well, they failed at the presentation. Well, what happened at the presentation? <laughs> oh, well, um, they said there was too much text on the slides and they were reading it instead of speaking normally. Right, bang, there's your update. Top tip for anyone presenting for a job right now today, don't read, minimise the text on your slides, your engagement will increase and you'll be more likely to get an offer. Go get them, right? It's it's there. It is absolutely all around you. You don't have to create stuff from scratch. Just document what's going on around you. Get that list going in your phone and you'll never have to worry about that again. It's everywhere.
2: And I've just put a link to anyone just to come off the back of that. To anyone that really doesn't know where to start, I've just put a link in the chat for 24 ideas for recruiters to get started on their personal brand. Good one. Um, love yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I'm fantastic. Just, easy, I'm
2: just, easy, I'm just, easy, easy to do. I'm going uh, to
0: uh, I'm gonna add to the love here and share one of mine as well that I send. So I'm gonna also,
1: just, uh, Amelia, just before we come to Victoria, uh, to Amelia, on, on that, could you share also, if you wouldn't mind, a, a post that you wrote regarding. Um, the the tech rather than just you know once because i yeah, asked you sure. this, didn't I? so so um you know you got your phone that's great well then what do you do how do you get subtitles on it how do you make it look brilliant um is there an editing tool if there is what is it or what would you recommend you, you write a really really good post about that if you find that stick it out for everybody
2: i will yeah that, it's really easy to get started with video like you literally like you literally need a 10 pound tripod that's it
1: yeah,
0: mine
2: costs 12.99 but yeah <laughs> right. but I'll, yeah i'll pop the link to the post in the um in the chat and, and there's a there's a, a bunch of apps and stuff that i use um which are free and some are relatively
4: cheap um which which helps as well
1: thank you victoria what's your one, t- one be- key thing
4: yeah consistency um keep posting regardless of anyone if anyone is listening or not regardless if you're getting 100 likes or one like just keep posting um you if you give up because you're not popular today or it's only your colleagues liking your content you're never going to get where you want to be um just keep posting it is going to be mine once you've got but you've got over the first hurdle of doing it uh, you've just got to keep going keep going keep going that traction will build your authority will build your voice will build but if you're seen to be someone who jumped on the bandwagon for a few weeks, didn't quite get the engagement you wanted, so gave up, you'll just lose the traction you were going to make. If you're pushing through um, all of the, the tough parts, the first, the difficult few weeks or months, you will gain more authority and more reputation because you stuck at it uh, rather than just giving up.
2: Consistency is key. Like that is yep, it. Yep. Like worry about that
4: before everything. And
1: how does this work? I'm only surprised it's taken um, as long as it's an hour and f- 15 minutes for this to come through. Um, and I know there's a legal element to it, obviously, but how does it work with those that are on furlough? And I imagine, sadly, there's been a lot of you know marketers in our sector that were made uh, redundant um, or are now on furlough. How? What is it they're able to do? What are the limitations that you're aware of? prevent them if it does prevent them from doing anything online because clearly they can't be seen to be doing anything that is deliberate uh, directly contributing to the business Mm. does it does building your personal brand come into that
0: category it's a great um
4: according to the rec because i had this conversation recently yes it does come under you can't do it because you're on furlough my Say my personal opinion against the REC on that is that your company doesn't own your LinkedIn profile and they don't own your connections, whether your contract says it or not, because I know some in the past have done. They don't own your LinkedIn. You are allowed to talk about yourself, but you've got to be careful not to talk about jobs. Um, You've got to be careful not to talk directly to your clients. That's where your gray area comes, because at the end of the day, they are your connections. But you own your platform. You own what you say. Uh, as long as it doesn't seem to be directly business related, so chasing business in any way, then um, I would say start talking about everything but jobs. Like we said, it shouldn't be your only content point anyway. So if you yeah. can talk about other things, even if it's being on furlough, uh, yeah. even if it's how the market has changed, you have a right to talk about that as an individual that the company can't control and they shouldn't really be controlling yeah. LinkedIn profile it's, it's,
0: anyway. It's definitely gray area. I'll, I'll put the link in, but I did a um, <laughs> live podcast with the CEO of REC and we spoke about it for about 20 minutes, which is the most common question. And and he said that, are HMRC going to sort of audit your LinkedIn's and your consultants' LinkedIn? Yeah. Not sure. But is it wise to talk about jobs and say this? Probably not. I think just to echo what Victoria said, what I've been telling people is, yeah, talk about how you're finding um, uh, being at home, how... Talk about being a parent and you've got the kids. Talk about how you're managing your well-being. Talk about what you're doing on furlough. Just talk about those things. I think you'll be okay. I don't think that's anything to worry about. But, yeah, you definitely want You don't want to be talking about jobs and those types of things. But I'll put the link yeah. in there because we spoke about it for 20 minutes because I think that's one of the main grey areas for, for people. Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, if you think of it, I mean, this, this now is a perfect time. If you look at that as you're not allowed to talk about a job, because that's brilliant, because you don't want to be doing that all the time anyway, do you? So, I mean, so <laughs> arguably, it's when there are no jobs to be talking about, and you're not allowed to talk about the job that you're, you're kind of on follow of, then surely that that sets the precedent of what you should be going for anyway. I mean, it's the beginning of that, that, that journey we're discussing, isn't it? Yeah. I
0: think
2: also, like, you take your personal brand throughout your career, Like it's not tied to the, although people might tie it to at the time, your company, it's not tied to the company. You take it throughout. Some of my best posts have had absolutely nothing to do with work. Um, And that's because they spoke to, as I was saying earlier, they triggered an emotional reaction in someone. um, And that's it. And they had nothing to do. One of them was talking about um, learn. You don't have to learn new skills right now. We're all locked indoors. Yeah. one has got all this pressure on them to, to, you know, learn a new language and get really fit and all the rest of it. You don't need to do that. That speaks to a lot of people, but it has absolutely nothing to do with my work. Um, and so there are ways of getting around it. And I think it's important that if you are considering building your personal brand that you do start now because there is no time that you're going to get at home with the ability to create content access to everything where you can just start just make sure as everyone has said like it, it's not about your jobs and about your actual work
1: mm. yeah which of you guys has ever had here we go hands up uh stage fright posting anxiety yeah percent. <laughs>
0: yeah
4: every day there every
1: you go, Matt day. everyone. Every <laughs> single yeah. every single day. What, what, what's the, what's, what goes through your mind? What what is it? You know, because you, you're you better confident people, um, at least seemingly uh, yeah. so on here. But so what, what is it? What's the bit that's um, that makes you anxious? I mean, look, um,
4: we, men, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're all people. We're all normal people that have opinions. That's actually all we're doing. We're sharing opinions. Um and I've always said that I, I wouldn't call myself an expert on a day to day basis. I'm someone who has an opinion that I've learned from conversations i have with other people a lot of the information i use is something that i've learned from from others um and i'm happy to share it i'm actually half the time i'm terrified who gives a shit what i have to say uh but apparently people do so i'm then worried well does that put me somewhere i have to be very careful what i say because if it's important to someone else uh then i need to think think about it more than if it's just my mates listening um I think there's a really good example, actually. So Scott Millward, who you may or may not have heard of, has taken a break recently from creating content. Um, I talk to Scott most days. I think he's rung me every week since this all started, which we never used to do. And he texted me this morning and said, I've finally done it. I've finally posted on LinkedIn again. And he probably hasn't posted for a few months. The anxiety he has on posting content is, is the same as the rest of us we we all think about it we all overthink it if anything I'd say most of the time I over most of my content because of my own anxiety more and than anything Put it else. into
2: context. Sorry to interrupt, Victoria. I didn't. Go. No. But just to put it into context, this is Scott Millward. If you don't follow him, you have to. Like yeah. he is, he is the OG of posting content on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> this guy got 12 million organic views on his content last year, and that was within a couple of months. So just to put that into context, this guy that gets 10,000 reactions to every post, every post he does goes viral, and he still gets anxiety. Like we're human, just do it. You, you've got to start somewhere. You can't just sit there and mope all day. Otherwise, you'll not be on this webinar.
4: <laughs> yeah, your anxiety is probably built up on the, the idea that someone's going to judge you more yeah. than you're judging yourself. And the reality is no one will. Um, you are your worst enemy. So if you think it, very rarely will it actually happen. And, and he said it a couple of times. You won't really get a bashing. You might, I've probably had two negative comments in the last 12 months, and that's really a reflection on that person rather than on yourself. Um, so, I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't worry about that as being an issue.
0: Yeah, I, I'm so I I hate watching back my videos. I hate listening I hate listen to my voice. Yeah. I, hate, I never listen back to the podcast. Like I hate it. I, I just do. I'm
4: the same. So I, can't I um, listen to my own show. So
0: I um yeah, I always I just sort of think, does anyone actually care what I have to say? So what what was helping me push through that? And this definitely helped me early on when I wasn't getting any engagement. I had twenty fifteen people listening to my podcast, and I was getting no engagement at all. Was if this helps one person, I'm happy. That that was the internal dialogue that helped me go through that. And it's just a a good sort of phrase and and a good thing to say to yourself is, well, I'll put this out. If it helps one person, then I'm happy. And I I think that's a, a good sort of anchor to go to, to help you click that post button.
1: And I think what must help also is, is speaking about stuff you, you know about. You know, you're comfortable yeah. speaking about those, your thing. So, um, you know, if, if talking about marketing moves, Dan Crandall, is, you know, movements in your market is what you're comfortable talking about and you think it's going to resonate, um, then absolutely do that. I mean, whether or not it's style, I think it's possibly subjective. But um, that's got to be a trigger to, to reduce that anxiety. Doesn't it? Don't try and do something in the early stages, at least, that you're not comfortable yeah. doing.
0: Yeah, that definitely helps.
1: The movers okay. and shakers things well worth a go, by the way, Dan. Um,
3: I used to have a newsletter going out in Australia, albeit a few years ago, and uh, the movers and shakers section of that newsletter always got about four or five times the clicks of all of the other mm-hmm. stuff that was in there. And I think it's just that human interest thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great that. idea, isn't it? Showing where people... Movers <laughs> and shakers, it's always good. Transfer deadline day. Everyone wants to know where people exactly go. Exactly that. Exactly Yeah.
1: That. <clears throat> Okay, wonderful. But look, um, we're starting to draw to a close if we haven't. Uh, I've, I've asked for other questions, um, and those are, you know, sort of starting to slow down now. Um, yes, there will be a video recording. Um, you've only just managed to sign in. Wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is so proper
2: recruiter time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well done.
2: Absolutely. He was
1: yes. definitely on a call that overran. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Megally overran. Um, so look, on behalf of um of everybody, um, certainly those. I mean, oh no, we've still got more than half the people that I mean more than more than more than half the people that signed up so came in on time, Mika. Um which is testament to, to what this amazing panel that we've managed to put together. So um, a, a few thank yous. First of all, obviously, thank you very much to the panel, uh, Amelia, Hitcham, Andrew, and Victoria, who I'm hoping that you all agree with me, guys, has um, been been outstanding. And um, follow every one of them if you're not already. Clearly, um, on LinkedIn, not their company pages though. <laughs> um, um, and also thanks to the participants for, for joining us because not only you know has just made the show even more worthwhile with the number we had but really really crucially underpinning a lot of what i think we're all into particularly we are members only um is doing some really good stuff outside of our sector and we've raised more than 800 quid uh let's not that's forget also. that for, for, yeah. for the charities Thank so you. it's crisis and the, and the nhs i mean that's just fantastic so um on behalf of us all, um is there anybody wanna say um one quick hurrah before we uh, before we disappear? But you're on a spot there haven't I come on you, never short words.
0: Um I, I would I would just say um um whatever whatever challenges you're facing right now, you're not um facing them alone. That, that's what i'd say speak to loads of i'm in a unique position like you are simon speak to a lot of recruiters right now and a lot of people think that sort of what they're facing what they're finding difficult it's just them facing it and and you're not you're like we will get through this and um, don't be scared to um reach out for help loads of people willing to, to give help and definitely don't think that you're going through the challenges and the things you're finding difficult right now hard um you're not going through it alone is what i'd say
4: okay um yeah, I, I would just want to say anyone who's a marketer, um, listening, watching, um, I'm opening up my podcast at the moment to anyone who has been made redundant or is concerned about their uh, their employment. I want to interview you, uh, have a conversation about your strengths, something that plays into your hands so that you have something to share with future potential employers. So if you need help or you are concerned about your, your job after furlough, whatever it may be, give me a shout we'll set up an interview, uh, we'll record it, I'll give you everything you need and just think if I can help in any way, just let me know.
1: Amazing. Terrific. Well, I think um, what might be quite useful, um, if you're up for it, guys, I don't know how pushed you are uh, for time, you know, you've got loads of it probably uh, at the moment. If we if we officially end the webinar, so we've got a point at which you know we're going to stop recording, but we can still hang around. So we've still got fifty two people or so on here, which is is amazing. Perhaps we can just unofficially answer any other questions. We can unmute people. Do you fancy giving that a go? Yeah, I'm up for for it no dramas <laughs>
0: if people aren't sick of us by now then it doesn't look like they are
1: well we'll give that a go
0: do you want to do uh,
1: well, let's, let's press the uh, let's, let's stop the recording part of it thanks everybody that's still here it's been amazing thank you panel yeah, yeah, thanks
0: guys uh,
1: great third webinar. thank you for being so generous with your time and your tips and your hints um, it been amazing um, and uh, yeah we'll uh, see you online very soon
0: thank you so much for listening to the podcast I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hisha and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.